Well, hey, church, uh, glad to see you on this Memorial Day weekend. We, are hope, we hope that you are enjoying it. Um, a lot of you guys know that uh, before we, whoa, I don't know what happened back there. <laughs> but uh, a lot of you guys know that before we um, opened our Tiffin campus, I had spent the previous decade um, as a youth pastor working with high school and middle school students. In fact, some of you guys were students in my in my group, which makes me feel a little old um, during some of those years. But, uh, but I, I enjoyed it and I miss it. And there's parts of it that I'm like, man, wish we could be doing that again. But uh, one of the things that we'd always do is in the summer, we'd go on, take uh, kids from our church or in our group um, on trips, which is normal. And uh, one summer, a few years ago, we, I took a group of kids down to West Virginia, and we did a bunch of things. But one thing that we did one of the days is we, did, we went caving, okay? So that's where it's me and 25 students. You got like a guide or two, and uh, everybody straps on their like hard hat, and everybody's got the headlamp on their head. And we follow this young guide into the earth, okay? And it was, we were down there for all afternoon. So I don't know how many miles we went we, and we came up some other place. But, um, but it was pretty fun and it was, it was good. And at first, you know, you're just following the guide through the cave and there's a lot to look at. And the cave is, you know, decently flat and it's big and it's open. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is cool. Easy to trust a guide. But at one point, you, we got to this, this place where uh, the guide told us, hey, I want you guys to all shut off your headlamps. And I want you to do this next part in the dark. And there's a reason for that, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, we had to get on our hands and knees, one by one, individually, and we had to crawl through this part, portion of the cave that shrunk down, if that's the word. I don't know. It was not as tall, okay? And so we did that. And, you know, you put a lot of trust in the God. I'm like, okay, I'm sending my kids, you know, into the darkness, I hope. I see them again, you know, it's a little risky, I feel like, as I don't know if there's a cliff or what, I have no idea what's in there. Um, but eventually it was my turn, and the, the kids went in one at a time, and it was my turn, and I start crawling through this cave, and, uh, and it's pitch black, you're only doing it by feel, and it, you have to kind of get, you get, it gets smaller, 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 until I'm on my stomach, and we're like army crawling, I'm army crawling through this cave, and I can feel the ceiling of the cave on my back, Okay. So that means the cave's like this tall. You get what I'm saying? A little claustrophobic, kind of freaks you out a little bit. And um, after you get so many yards in, I don't know, maybe this was like 30, 40 yards or something we had to crawl, but we didn't know how long it was going to be. After you get, let's say, 20 yards in, all right, I can promise you, you start questioning this guide, all right? And you're sitting there and you're like, number one, it's pitch black. I can't see anything in here. Number two, um, you know, I'm, I'm all alone. It's not like I got anybody taking, you know, anybody's, no one's leading me by hand, and I'm crawling, and it seems like forever, and I can feel the ceiling on my back, and, and I'm going into the unknown, I'm going in blind, and I don't know what's next, and it's just me, and there's a bunch of these cave crickets, which you should look them up, they're like little spiders, they look like spiders, they're all over the place, so like I'm sifting through those as I'm crawling through this thing, and uh, you start to question the guide, you know, you're sitting there like, this guide is only a college kid, and probably just got out of school two weeks ago, and now they're taking me through this, you know, sending me into this place, and they probably only done this like once or twice, you know, and uh, you, start, you start questioning the guy. See, all of us at certain times in our life, we have questioned um, our trust in our guide, right? I mean, at some point, we've all done this, we've, we've questioned our trust in God. 
Um, and usually this happens when we got some bad thing happening in our life or we're faced with some trouble in our life or we see trouble in the world around us. I mean, I think about it just like what AJ was talking about a few minutes ago, the shooting this week down in Texas. I mean, we all look at that and every single one of us and we're like, man, what do you do about that? And it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to me that every single person thinks they know the exact answer to that question. You know, we all think we know, um, we all, everybody thinks that they have the solution that's going to fix the problem. But what we got to remember is the problem out there is us. We are evil. We are all messed up. All right, we are messed up, jacked up, horrible, terrible people. That's what the Bible tells us. We have sin in our life. And so because of that, the world is troubled and the world is messed up. And because of that, there is trouble all around us. I remember hearing once uh, someone was telling me that, hey, either you're just getting out of trouble or you're in the middle of it or you're getting ready to go back in. Okay? We are all have trouble in our life. And I think our tendency is when we see trouble in our life or we see trouble in the world around us, our tendency is to ask the question, why should I trust God? Right? I think that's a fair question. Okay, I don't think that's any disrespect to God. I think, by the way, if that's you and you're sitting here right, you know, today and you're like, okay, I'm actually questioning God right now. Funny you bring this up. And, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm wondering, like, why should, I, why should I trust God through the situation that I'm faced with today? I'm just telling you, I think God can answer your question. All right? I think he's big enough to answer this, and I think he's big enough to handle it. And obviously, as you're a pastor, I'm going to say, yeah, you should trust God with everything in your life. Actually, I think he's the only one that you can fully trust in your life. I mean, God tells us this. God tells us over and over and over again in verses like, we've all heard these verses. Some of you guys have these verses memorized, right? In Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Right? Or uh, commit your way to the Lord in Psalms and trust in Him and He will act. Or the Lord is my strength and my shield and my heart. Trust in Him and I am helped. I mean, we see this all over the place, all over the Bible. But for us, having that head knowledge of, okay, yeah, God, I know that you tell me that I should trust you and whatever's going on in my life. Having that head knowledge sometimes doesn't always make us feel better. We get that, right? I mean, we all understand that. We all... We all, we all have, have been there in our life. Um, it doesn't always make us feel better, especially when we are in the middle of trouble, especially when whatever trouble that we have found is we're like in the middle of it right at that point. But here's the deal. When we're in trouble, we're, when we're faced with some difficult situation, the honest truth is we have a decision to make. And we actually have only three options. There's not more than that. There's not less than that. Um, three options that we have is, number one, when we're faced with whatever difficult problem that we, are, that we come, up, you know, come upon in our life, one, we can run away, okay, we can avoid it at all costs. Or two, we can freeze, right? We can stop. We don't go forward. We don't go backward. We just kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll do this or I'll deal with this, but I'm going to wait. All right, I'll get to it some other time. Or we can move forward in trust. It's kind of interesting that when we were going through that cave, as I'm like army crawling through that uh, cave, uh, the different kids, uh, different students did different things when they were doing that. Um, some students, they would go in and um, they would crawl in a little and they would feel the, the, the top of the cave 
rubbing on their back, and it would freak them out, which it did, all right? You're like, whoa, this is very narrow. And, um, and so they would feel that, and they would turn around and come out, okay? And, I'm, you know, I, I remember thinking, like, you have to go, like, there's no other way. But then it turned out that the guy actually had a secret way around, which was kind of messed up, making us all do this. Um, but didn't find that out till later. Um, so some kids, they would go in, and they would, like, freeze, or not, not freeze, they would go in and they would turn around and they would just run, like, I'm not, not doing it, Heli- you know, helicopter me out, you know, I, which you can't do in a cave, I guess, but do whatever you got to do, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Well, we got other students, they would go in and uh, they would crawl, 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 and they would be like, wow, this is way longer than what I expected it to be, and they would get to, like, in the middle or maybe even close to the end, and you know what they do? Turn on their lamp. Then they look around. And see all the, not much to look at, but they can see how small the space is. And they can see like the endless, you know, chamber that they need to rock through. And they would freeze and freak out. Right? That was the whole reason why we weren't supposed to have our lights on. Because if you could see what you were doing and you see all the cave crickets and everything else, like you'd freeze. And that's what they would do. And it'd be like, hey, you got to go. Okay? It's, it's, freezing is not a good option. Or other students, they would keep their light off and they would keep moving forward blindly and putting their trust in the guide. Even though they can't see the guide, even though they can't see where they're going, even though they feel alone, and even though they were questioning the guide. See, it's interesting. Uh, there's this guy who lived 3,000 years ago who uh, dealt, in my opinion, I'm sure he dealt with the same uh, issues of questioning God that we sometimes do. He, he had that same feeling that we sometimes have where he's questioning God and he's trying to do the right thing, right? So that's like, that's good, but he's not really sure what the right thing is. You ever been there? And so he's trying to do the right thing, but he's not sure what that is. He's trying to trust in God, but he's not sure how things are going to turn out and he doesn't really know what to do. And his, son, or his name is Jonathan and he was actually the son of a king. And uh, let me just kind of give you some background on what's going on uh, at this point in history. This was 3,000 years ago. Um, Israel was kind of a baby nation. They had only been around for a few hundred years. And things were not going well in Israel. They were being ruled by um, these people that God would raise up called judges who would rule the nation of Israel and try to bring them back to God because they had left God and were doing whatever they seemed fit, whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Sound familiar? Okay, whatever they thought was right. That's what they said was right, and they completely ignored what God had to say. Uh, very much like our culture today, uh, the same thing. And so um, Israel was in a terrible spot, and because of that, um, God allowed other neighboring nations to come in and, and invade Israel and um, raid Israel, which, by the way, is exactly what God told them would happen if they left him. And so um, that's where Israel's at. I mean, they're, they're being raided, owned by kind of all the people around him, kind of like the Browns, right? Like just owned by all the teams around. There's nothing that anybody can do about it, even though they try and try and try and try and try year after year, and there's nothing. Okay, some of you guys that really <clears throat> hurt deep, but it's true. Um, and so you know what the nation of Israel do, does? They go to the prophet Samuel, and they demand a king. Right? They say, hey, Samuel, this is what we want. We see all the other nations around us. They all have a king leading them. They all have this and they all have that. We want a king too. And so Samuel goes to God. He's like, hey, God, they want a king. And God's like, man, this is not the best way. But I'm going to give them exactly what they asked for. I will give them a king. And God gives the nation of Israel, um, them a king. And his name is Saul. And when the Philistines hear about this new king, this guy named Saul, they decide, hey, we are going to take this guy out. Because Israel's not allowed to make up their own king. They can't just like 
announce a guy king. We are their king. We own them is what the Philistines are thinking. And so the Philistines assemble. And that's a group of, that's a nation next to them that kind of owned them at this point in history. It says, the Philistines also gathered to fight against Israel. Said 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and troops as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Okay, basically what the writer is telling us is too many people to count here. Right, you can't count them all. There's people everywhere. It was a terrible thing. And they went up and they camped at Micmash. Now, Micmash is a sweet name. I'm a big fan of that name. Sounds like where a bad man would live right there, Micmash. And so I was telling Kate last service, she's not in this service, she's in children's. But I was telling her, hey, if we have another kid and it's a boy, Micmash is at the top of my list. Because no one's messing with a Micmash. Nobody. So that's where these people live. All right, not live. That's where they camped out. They camped out at Michmash, and they have all these people. And so Israel is in big trouble. It is not looking good for them. And Saul and his son Jonathan, they call out um, Israel's army, and um, only about 3,000 people show up. All right, so you have more people than you could possibly count. You got twice as many horsemen. You got all these chariots, like stuff that... The Israelites didn't, you know, the Jewish people, they didn't even have, like, they couldn't even dream of because they're like, oh, yeah, we haven't had a chariot forever, <laughs> you know. And so here's the, Israel, the, the Jewish people. They gather 3,000 men, and they come with Saul and Jonathan, and they stand before this Philistine army. And they, uh, unfortunately, don't have any weapons, okay, because at that point in history, because the Philistines owned Israel, um, they made it a law that you weren't allowed to own a weapon. Okay, you couldn't have a weapon, you couldn't do that because that means you could revolt and they didn't want the Jewish people revolting. And so they actually not only outlawed weapons, they actually outlawed blacksmiths and made it illegal to, to sharpen anything or anything like that. So the Jewish people, when they needed something sharpened, they would actually have to go to a Philistine town and get that stuff and, and pay them to do it. And so there wasn't any blacksmiths in the land of Israel. There weren't any um, weapons in the land of Israel. And they scoured the land to see what they could come up with and they found two swords in the entire country. And so King Saul takes one, and Jonathan, his son, takes the other. And so you got this 3,000 tiny little army, weaponless Jewish army, and they stand before this Philistine army, and they see what they're up against. And most men in Israel, they actually responded the exact same way. We see this in the next verse. It says, the men of Israel, they saw that they were in trouble. Okay? It says, because the troops were in a difficult situation. So what'd they do? They ran and hid. They hid in the caves, in the thickets, among rocks, and in holes and cisterns. I mean, most of the Jewish army, I mean, they take off. They run. When they see the evil and they see the trouble that they're up against, they bail. And so Saul and Jonathan, they start off with 3,000 men against this army. That's too many to count. And after the Israelites see it, that army dwindles down to 600 men. Everybody else runs away. And the Bible says that these 600 men with forks and rakes and farm equipment and stuff like that, the Bible says that they are trembling. They don't know what to do. Their situation looks impossible. I mean, this is a dark, dark time for Israel. I mean, they went from, hey, look, God gave us a king. This is exactly what we wanted for, you know, wanted, woo, you know, to we are all going to die. Like, we have made a huge mistake, and it looks like there is no hope, and everything looks impossible. Now, none of us have gone through a situation even close to this, like a life-threatening thing. Um, not even close, but we've felt that similar feeling. Right, we've had that similar feeling in our lives. And maybe even for you right now, 
Like, you're looking at your marriage, and you're like, man, I'm in trouble. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, like it, this looks impossible. I don't think there's a way out. Or maybe it's trouble with your job, or maybe it's trouble with your family, or maybe you're looking out, like all of us have done this week, and we look at our nation, we're like, man, there is trouble. Like, I don't know what's going on here. And maybe for you personally, you feel an awful, like, an awful lot like the nation of Israel of this day, where it's just like everything seems stacked against you, and you don't know how you're going to make it out. See, it's our tendency to run. That's what we do. To try to escape the trouble. To try to escape responsibility. I mean, we bail. We all do this sometimes, so don't think, oh, no, I never. Yeah, you do. Um, at different situations, different things in your life. Um, this, by the way, is the reason why so many marriages end in divorce in our country. This is the reason why so many kids grow up without a parent. This is the reason why you flip on the news and it's always somebody else's fault. It's never, no one ever takes ownership. It's always somebody else's fault. And what we're doing when we do that is we're ignoring the real problem. And you know what the real problem is? It's a hearts. It's a heart issue. All right? That's the problem. It's a trust issue. Like one way or another, you, the problem stems from us wanting to do life our way and not trusting his way. That's, that's where the problem, you know, stems from. And so in this story, you got most of the army runs off. They run, they don't want anything to do with this. And so you got King Saul, he's a new king. You got his son, Jonathan, and then you got 600 men, and they're kind of camped on this hill. And then you have this like gorge in the middle where there's like cliffs and stuff. And then up on this other side, you got Michmash, and you got the, the men there, and they're, you know, you got the Philistine men, and they're all camped out um, there. And, uh, and that's kind of the setup of what's going on here. And so Saul and 600 men, Saul has a, has a decision to make. What's he gonna do? Is he gonna run? Is he gonna stay? Stay, or is he going to fight? Is he going to move forward? And Saul decides, hey, let's not attack. Let's just stick, stick around right here. And I don't know what to do. And I don't know what the right answer is, which is how a lot of us feel sometimes. And so Saul says, hey, we're just going to freeze. We're not going anywhere. We're not running, but we're not moving forward either. See, I think a lot of us, we do this in our own lives. When trouble enters our lives, right, some of us run, sure. But a lot of us, we just freeze. Right? And by the way, when we choose not to do anything... Then we get complacent. And when we choose not to do anything, then we get satisfied with staying put. And, and notice, when we choose not to do anything, nothing ever gets fixed. Right? It doesn't, like, take care of itself, usually, whatever problem is going on. Right? We're not trusting in God. We're not doing what he wants us to do. It's, like, it's almost like we put our life on hold or we put our situation in our life or a portion of our life or a, or a part of our life on hold. And that's not a good position either. Right, that's not a long-term solution. Nothing ever gets better that way. It actually prolongs the trouble in our life when we choose not to deal with whatever situation has come before us. And that's where Saul's at. Right, he doesn't want to move forward. In fact, the Bible has already told us that Saul is trembling and he's not trusting that God will take care of the situation. Actually, you know what Saul's doing? He's trusting in his own strength and he sees his strength and that it's not strong enough for the trouble that he's facing. That's what we do. We trust in ourselves, and then we look at ourselves, we're like, well, I can't handle that. And so it's like, we don't move forward instead of trusting in God. 
See, in contrast, you got a son, Jonathan. Jonathan was a different dude, man. I don't, you know, this guy. Uh, Jonathan's, he's at the front. It's interesting. The Bible even points this out. Jonathan's, he's like at the front lines. Saw, he, King Saw, he's like in the rear. He's, he's way back. And the, for Jonathan, I mean, he's kind of restless. I mean, he's like, hey, the thought of some, the, you know, those guys coming in and beating up on his boys really ticks him off. Like he can't, he can't stand that thought. And so um, the thought of not moving forward also bothers him. And so he's like one of those guys that has to do something. And so we see in the next chapter... It says, Jonathan, he said to his attendant who carried his weapon, so his armor bearer, he says, hey, um, I got an idea. He says, come, come on, let, let's cross over to the garrison of these uncircumcised men, the Philistines, and check out this word. He says, perhaps the Lord. He's saying, maybe God will do something. I don't know. Right? Maybe the Lord will help us. Maybe not, but maybe he will. And he says, nothing can keep the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. He's like, I know God can use us. He, can, he only needs one. He doesn't need a huge army. And so he's saying, hey, you know, wh whatever is going on here, God can use us. I don't know if this is what he wants us to do. I don't know if this isn't what he wants us to do, but let's just do something. I mean, can you picture this in your mind? Can you picture Jonathan? He's at the front lines. I mean, he's a young guy. He's pacing back and forth. He's just like, oh, man, what are we going to do? I got, you know, we're, we're, this is a huge problem that's facing all of us and facing his family and his nation. And so he kind of kicks his armor bearer, and he's like, hey, wake up, all right, let's, um, it's, it's at nighttime, he's like, wake up, let's go, I, I got a plan, and his armor bearer's like, okay, all right, what's the plan, I want to, I want to hear this plan, this sounds, this sounds pretty good, and he says, all right, um, come with me, don't tell anybody, and whatever you do, don't tell my dad, okay, which the Bible tells us, I didn't read that verse, but it's interesting, that's been happening for like 3,000 years, at least, okay, so he says, don't tell my dad, and don't tell anybody, and grab your rake, you're probably going to need that, or whatever that is. And, uh, and so the armor bearer does. And here's his idea. He says, hey, um, you see that cliff up there? Armor bearer's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, you, you see the Philistines? like, yeah, that's Micmash up there. You want to go to Micmash? Um, and he's like, I hear him. And he says, this is my idea. Let's climb up there. Let's see what happens. That's it? You know what his armor bearer is thinking, right? He's just like, Climb up there. That's your big plan. You woke me up for that. All right. Is, are you joking? Is this, is this some kind of sick joke? You know, wh wh what's going on? That's, that's your plan. He, and Jonathan's like, I don't know. Like, let's just see what happens. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Maybe he won't. But maybe he will. So armor bearer's like, oh, yeah. Okay, God. Um, yeah, maybe God will help us. So did God tell you to do this, Jonathan? And Jonathan's like, oh, no. I just came up with that on my own. This is my plan. God didn't tell me to do that. And the armor bearer's like, okay. He's like, but you know, perhaps the Lord will help us. And the armor bearer's like, all right, um, let me go wake the, wake the boys up. And Jonathan's like, oh, no, no, just leave him. I was thinking just me and you would go. <laughs> we'll climb up there. Because maybe the Lord, like perhaps the Lord will help us. Like we have to do something. Now, this, what Jonathan's doing, is not natural for us, Right? Right? To come up with a dumb plan. Oh, that part's natural for us, I guess. But uh, to come up with a plan where it's like, like, keep moving forward even though it seems impossible. And so Jonathan, this guy, instead of freezing or instead of running, what's he do? He says, hey, this might sound dumb, but let's move forward. See, it's interesting. Some people, they'll come up to me and they'll ask, uh, they'll be faced with some major decision in your life. Right? Maybe even some of you have, have done this. Um, where they'll be like, hey... I got to make a decision on this. I don't know what God wants me to do. And I'm like, hey, welcome to the club. Okay. That happens. That happens all the time. 
right, where the Bible doesn't mention your specific situation. By the way, the Bible does tell us a lot of times we know between right and wrong and what we should do. But there's a lot of decisions out there. By the way, I also just want to say this. There's a lot of decisions out there that I think sometimes God allows us to choose, okay? I think there could be, here's your decision. I can work both ways out for good, so I'll let you pick. I'm not saying every time, not even close. I'm not even saying most times we're faced with some decision. But I think sometimes, right, God allows us to pick. But a lot of times, we don't know what's right or wrong. We don't know which direction God wants us to take. And so sometimes I'll have people that come up to me, they'll say, hey, I don't know what God wants me to do. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what he wants you to do either, but I can promise you one thing. I know what God doesn't want. He doesn't want you to do nothing. Not an option. God never wants you to do nothing, right? Uh, and, and so you want to know what to do? Kind of my philosophy is, number one, you pray about it, take a guess, and go. Now, that can be difficult. Well, you know, what if I make the wrong decision? Okay, well, keep praying, keep guessing, and keep going. All right, God's going to figure it out. You'll figure it out. And God's got, he can work this out. You can trust in God that way. See, what we do as Christians a lot of times is what I see all the time is, number one, some of us run. Okay, that's reality of it. But a lot of times we just freeze. Right? We pray about it, we talk about it, and we pray about it. Now, praying about it is important. That's part of it. Right? And so that part's good, but it shouldn't just be praying and talking and praying and talking and praying and talking. We pray about trusting in God, and then we talk about trusting in God, and we never actually get to the go part. Which, what, what's that mean? Well, that means we don't actually demonstrate our trust in Him. We just talk about it all the time. We got to go. We got to move forward. We got to do something. See, Jonathan, he has no idea whether this is going to work. He has no idea if this is even what God wants. He's saying, but let's try. He's like, this is, I'm just taking a guess here. It's not even a good guess. And so his, his armor bearer, he's trying to be a good friend. He's just like, okay, all right, so it's me and you. We're going to go out there, just us. And uh, we'll, we're gonna, and perhaps the Lord, right? So we're just going to see what happens. And, and he's just like, so uh, we're going to sneak up there and like sneak up on him? Is that, that, that's the plan? And Jonathan's like, actually, I wasn't thinking we'd do that either. This is what I was thinking. I think we'd cross over to the men and then let them see us. Armourbearer's like, okay. All right. You didn't take your meds this morning, you know, Jonathan. And so he's like, all right, so you're going to let them see us? He said, uh, what about this, Jonathan says. Let's say, hey, um, if they say, wait until we reach you, then we will stay where we are and we'll not go up to them. But if they say, come on up, and then we'll go up because the Lord has handed them over to us and that will be our sign. This is so interesting to me and this is a little confusing. So let me try to explain this the best that I can. Um, think about what Jonathan does here. Right? He does the opposite of what we think. By the way, um, he's climbing up what the Bible says is a, uh, like a cliff that's slippery and sharp. Okay? And so they're cli he's climbing up this, this cliff up to the Michmash, the, the Philistine outpost. And, um, and so it would be very natural for the Philistines when they see Jonathan to say, hey, come on up here. Now, what are they not going to do? They're not going to say, hey, let me try to make my way down here and put my life at risk to fight you down there. They're going to say, hey, come on up. You put your life at risk and come on up. And if you make it up here, then we'll fight on our turf. All right? So that's the normal thing for them to say. And so what we do, all right, is we'll go and we say, hey, God, if you want me to go, then give me some sign that you want me to go. Okay? Give me some crazy sign. Like if this is what you want, if you want me to go, 
give me some crazy sign. Like have somebody say something unique or weird or abnormal, has something happen to me. It's like, um, God, if you want me to go to church, just as an example, then have somebody come up to Kro at Kroger, you know, tomorrow and say, I love paying taxes. Okay, something that nobody in the right mind would ever say, ever. Right? Have some, then I'll know that you want me to go to church. That's what we do. All right? That's not what Jonathan does. He does the opposite. He says, hey, God, this was, this was, here's the plan. I am going, have something weird happen if you don't want me to go. You see the difference there? Right? We caution ourselves. We freeze before we go and say, hey, God, you better show me. No, Jonathan's like, I'm going blind here, God, and uh, you turn me around if you need to. Right? They're completely opposite ways. And so the armor bearer is standing there. He's like, we're going to die. All right, let's go with together. He says, I'm with you. I got my rake. It's not going to help much, but at least it's something. And Jonathan has no idea what's about to happen. He doesn't even know 100% that this is what God wants. He has no idea if this is what God's plan is or this is what God wants. All Jonathan knows is that he has to trust in God and move forward. And God will turn him away if he doesn't want Jonathan to do that. And that God is big and that God doesn't need no army and that he knows he could trust God. Now that can be hard. And so I want to illustrate this today. If, uh, if AJ and Nick, if you guys would come out and start setting up. Um, I was debating whether to do this all weekend uh, because some of you guys might think it's a little immature. But uh, this is my, from my youth pastor days, okay. So we're going to try this. You guys good? You guys coming out? Okay. Um, and, uh, and I know that Maybe some people are going to be like, eh, I don't know about that, but at least I'll have your attention. And that's also what I'm going after. Um, let me introduce you to somebody. Where's Jacob Zinn? Jacob, where's he at? Is he back there? All right, come on up. All right, Jacob Zinn is our intern. This is his first Sunday on the job, actually. <laughs> and uh, glad we got him. <laughs> Otherwise, AJ would be up here. And so come on up. Watch your step, please. Jacob, here. Um, Jacob is a, you could, yeah, just stay right there for a second. Uh, Jacob is an intern. He is a TU grad, 2022, right? Go Gons. Go Gons, whatever that is. Oh, Dragons. Oh, cute. Okay. I don't know. I call, yeah, whatever. So um, Jacob is our intern this summer. So if you see him, he's going to be working with you. So if you have any high school or middle school kids, uh, they're going to get to know Jacob pretty well this summer, especially he's going to be going on all the trips and stuff like that. Um, but today he's going to help demonstrate trust. And um, if you would, let's uh, go ahead and take off, yeah, take off your socks and shoes. We're going to do this barefoot so there's some actual risk on here. And what AJ and Nick are doing are they are setting up a bunch of rat traps, okay? Now these are all set. Last service, we had, they started going off on their own. Um, so far, so good this service. They're very sensitive. So does that make you nervous? Yeah, okay. Um, not only that, but we are going to blindfold him because just being able to walk through with being able to look, that's super easy. So can you do this? Whew, I almost stepped on it myself. All right, blindfold yourself. And we got three more to set out. This is like 35 rat traps right here. So pretty, okay. Easy. All right, there we go. Thank you, guys. Okay. See, this is how it is in our life. All right, our life has risk to it all over the place. Don't move. Okay, you just stay right there. Don't step anywhere. Our life has risk to it all over the place, right? 
Like we're always analyzing risk. And uh, we all have problems within our life. That what do, what do the problems bring into our life? Usually pain, unfortunately. Like that's just the reality of it. And so what we have to do in our life, and which is so difficult for us, is we have to trust our God. Now, Jacob's trusting me today, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, pretty I'm a pretty sketch guide. I was trying this on Friday with uh, somebody else, and every time they were stepping on traps, and I'm like, oh, no. We, had, we didn't have the traps set that day, and they had shoes on, so nothing to worry about. But the today is for real. Um, and so, Jacob, if you would, let's, small steps, but you're going to face this way. Okay, let's start right there. Okay, how do you feel? A little nervous, all right. I personally would be too, okay. Um, whatever happens, sometimes these, you know, as you know, Jacob, sometimes these will snap on their own. Do not move if that happens, okay. You stay standing there in that spot. You good? All right, no. Okay, there we go. All right, so this is what we're going to do. Jacob, um, let's take some small steps forward and put your feet together, if you would, and then step forward Small step. Okay, let's shift to your right a little bit before we start. Okay, can we? Okay, right there. All right, there we go. Nah, you shifted too much. Now shift to your left. Okay, right there. All right. Now, forward. Uh, let's step forward real quick. Or not quickly, but <laughs> small steps forward. Keep coming. Keep coming. All right, you're good. You're good. Step forward. Step forward. Step forward. Okay, you're slightly turning. Um, <laughs> Shift, uh, turn left just a little, a little more. Okay, step forward, small steps, small steps. You're good, you're good, small steps. Okay, right about there. Now shift left, or not shift. <laughs> All right, turn left, turn left. All right, left, turn left, keep turning, keep turning, keep turning, keep turning, keep turning. A little more, turn a little more. Okay, all right, uh, turn your right foot. No, yeah. One, do one more turn of left. Okay. All right, there we go. You're pointing the right way now. Now small steps forward. Okay. Small steps. <laughs> small steps. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You're good. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, stop. Okay. Now turn right. Keep turning. Keep turning. Keep turning. Keep turning. Okay, stop. Um, and come forward, small steps. Keep going. Okay, stop. <laughs> All right, sh uh, turn right just a little. Okay, now come forward, small steps. Small steps, small steps. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. All right, can I stop you right there for a second? You got good balance, right? All right, you're a track runner. He runs track and cross country, so his feet are kind of important. But let me just point this out real quick. All right, probably to you, right? All right, and your coach. Your coach doesn't know you're doing this today? All right, probably smart. Um, this is where we're at in life many times. Now think about it. There's three diff different options. Now what Jacob could do is he could run. I would not suggest that, right? That would probably be a bad idea if he turned around and just run and tried to do the best that he can. All right, he is going to get his foot snapped by a rat trap, right? Or David, or not David, or Jacob could just freeze, Right, like that's a legit option. It's a safe option, but that doesn't fix the problem. That doesn't get him out of the situation that he's in. Right, the only good option is for Jacob to trust the guide and to keep moving forward. So let's move forward just a few more steps. 
small steps. Small steps, keep coming, keep coming. Okay, now sh- turn right a little bit. Right, right, keep coming, keep coming. All right, let's do a forward step, small steps, forward. Okay, now let's turn right. Keep coming, turn right again, turn right again. Okay, now some small steps forward. All right, you're going to have to turn right again, or put your feet together. All right, turn right. Okay, now come forward, or take one giant step out of there. Just go, take one giant step, and you're good, if you go right in front of you. <laughs> all right, small, all right, just do small steps then. All right, all right, take a giant step, get out, you're good. All right, there you go. All right, give him a round of them. Watch that one. Okay, I'm sweating up here just watching it. Okay, I didn't want to have to call your mom and say, yeah, we snapped off like three toes. Um, again, yeah, yeah, well, I better not step on those either. So, they're, yeah, they're live, see? They're for real. And when one goes off, it seems all the other times, they, it's like a chain reaction. So glad that didn't happen. But, um, but this is how it is in our life, Right? The only good option is to trust in our guide who knows the way. And that's not an easy thing. It is very uncomfortable. All right? We don't like it. But that's the reality of the situation. I don't think this was easy for Jonathan either. All right? Jonathan, him and his armor bearer, they go. And uh, it says, they let themselves be seen by the Philistine garrison. All right? The one thing that you don't want to do when you're in the army, but that's what they did. And the Philistine said, they say, hey, look. Look at those two guys. He said, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they've been hiding. Awesome. He says, the men of the garrison, they called to Jonathan and his armor bearer. They say, hey, come on up and we'll teach you a lesson. And right at that moment, you know Jonathan, as he's climbing up, he looks down at his armor bearer. He's like, did you hear that? They said the normal thing. And so Jonathan says, follow me. Jonathan told his armor bearer, for the Lord has handed them over to Israel. I think, right? Next verse says, Jonathan, he climbed up using his hands and his feet and his armor bearer behind him. And Jonathan cut them down. And his armor bearer followed and finished them off. So can you picture this? I don't know what this looked like. Only one guy had a weapon, right? The other guy has like a rake. And so Jonathan, he's just going through and he's like slicing and dicing. And God's allowing him to do this. And the armor bearer, he comes up and he's raking up the body pieces, you know, or something. He's just raking it all up. And then sometimes maybe it's like rake to the face because he did finish some of them off. And, um, and you know, it's God's using these two men. And it says, in that first assault, Jonathan and his armor bearer, they struck down about 20 men in half an acre. Well, when this happens, the Philistines, the whole army is standing there and they see these two guys with a, a sword and another guy with like a rake and they're killing so many and it freaks them out. And then God jumps in on the action and God sends an earthquake and the whole army of the Philistines, they're even more freaked out. And they actually start um, killing whoever they can. It's probably dark and they're just like, you know, I, there's a, you know, the Jewish people are attacking us. And they're like, I got one. Oh, it was my, my cousin, you know. And so they're like killing each other on accident. And uh, it's just they kind of turn on each other and everything is bad for them. And the whole nation of Israel is saved because God used one guy who chose not to run, who chose not to freeze, but to continue forward with nothing but trust. I mean, that's all he had in God. 
And so it's just interesting looking at these two guys, right? You got Jonathan, all right, and then you got his dad, Saul, who's the king. They're both in the same place with the same trouble facing them down with the same opportunity, but only one moves towards. One moves forward. So the question of why should I trust God? I mean, the first part is easy, right? Well, because God tells us to. But also because it's our only really good option. It's the only good option. It's the only, he's the only guide who can get us through. Because every single one of us, we're all faced with trouble. And so that brings me to my question this morning, and that's this. What areas of your life are you, have you chosen not to trust God? And how do you tell that? Well, either A, you've run from it, the trouble, or B, you just ignored it and you're just freezing. Whatever that area of your life is, and you're just like, I'm not, I'm not, do it. I'll, I'll deal with it some other time, but not today, not now. What areas of your life? I think it's more than one, right? I think for all of us, if we dig down deep, I mean, we all have an answer to this, where it's more than one area, but I guess maybe this week, like, what are the things that you could do today to take steps to moving forward, trusting in God's plan for us, even if you don't know what God wants for you? What can you do? What area of your life is that? I mean, that's the first step, right, is identifying where you're not trusting God. I think a lot of us, we have this thing where it's like, all right, God, I'm trusting in you, but for all this stuff, look at me, look how Christian I am, but this thing is mine. I don't, I'll deal with this problem my way. See, we're all in the same boat. Either we've just got out of trouble or we're in trouble right now or we're going into trouble soon. And maybe next time that happens, instead of running away or instead of freezing and choosing not to do anything, which it gives temporary relief, but that's all it is, it's temporary. Next time we trust in God, demonstrating that by taking the step forward and moving forward, even if it's hard, even if we feel blind, even if it's just a guess, and watch God work through you. By pay, praying, taking a guess, but then going. That's what God's called us to do. And it's hard and it's uncomfortable. But that's the only real good option. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this church and this group of people that you've given us here in Tiffin. And God, we ask that um, you would help us to trust you. Right, so many times, and we're just like wired up this way that we want to trust in ourselves, and and even you know, even when we know we can't do it, I don't know. We just have we just have this problem where we want to do life our way instead of your way, and we trust in our dumb plan instead of your plan. And God, I ask that you would help us to work on that. Not that we'll get it all taken care of here this afternoon, but that throughout this next week, that you would help us maybe start moving forward in all those different areas of our life. Even if we're moving forward blind, even if we're just taking some random guess, but trusting in you that you will maneuver us to where you want us to be. And then you'll use us. Just like you used Jonathan. God, we ask for that and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.